Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Well, I'm excited because we are going to continue a series that we've been in for five weeks as of today. And this is kind of a little bit crazy because we haven't done a series that this long ever. Um, we used to do series when we were a church that just would meet once a month or twice a month. And to be honest, it was kind of difficult to actually do series because there was, so, there was such a long time between services. And so it would be difficult to do a series, even though some of those series were very good, okay? They were very good. Might revisit them later. They were very good. But it was just very hard to get a roll on. You know, it was hard to get that kind of progression. It was hard to get that week in, week out um, engagement that comes with doing these series. So this series, Much Love, has been awesome. And I really have loved the feedback. People have been saying some amazing things, getting feedback to us. In fact, one mum said to us that, that they've been able to love their children in a whole new way because they've understood love in a different way, God's way, which is really, really cool. So we're going to go back to our anchor text uh, or near our anchor text. You can open to 1 John chapter 3 in your Bibles. And I know you're You've got your Bibles with you because we always bring our Bibles to church. 1 John chapter 3, and if you want to put a uh, place mark in Deuteronomy chapter 10, you can do that as well. But I'm going to read from 1 John chapter 3, which is one chapter before our anchor text for the series. But in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 11, it says this, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning. That we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life. Thank you, Lord. Out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not... Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Verse 16. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. Lord, we just thank you for your word this morning. Father, we thank you that your word has the power to change a life. Father, we just thank you that your word, it molds us, it shapes us, it changes us, uh, it changes us, it uh, moves us in the right direction. Lord, I pray you'd speak through your word this morning. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Father, I pray these would be your words and not mine this morning, in Jesus' name. And the whole church said together, Amen. Amen. Much love. I'm excited to finish this series. It's, uh, it's been a great series. We've sort of had this pattern that God has, has, has shown us through His Word. And there's two goals that I've been really believing for and praying that God would cement through this series. The first of the goals was that we would understand and you would understand on a whole new level, or at least just some deeper level of understanding of just how much God loves you, just how much His love is for you, just how much 
He thinks about you. How much He truly loves you. That's the first thing. And then the second thing was I was really believing that we could, in a whole new way, understand how that love could then flow through us to the world around us. So those were the two two prayers, the two goals. But there's been this pattern that God's taken us through, and it's sort of something like this. First, we understood that God's love is generated from Him. It doesn't come from any other place. So God's love is generated to us from God, and for us to ever go and try to generate our own love is simply a counterfeit. simply doesn't work, and that's why people write songs, What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. Shout out, Night at the Roxbury. But that's why people write these songs, is because we take this love and we twist it and we, we move it around and we try to make it our love, but it's not real love. And that's why hurt people hurt people. It's because we find ourselves loving from a place of not understanding true love. God's love, which was generated to us. So that's the cool, that's the first thing. That's been the overarching theme of this series, is that love has been generated from God to us. But then what we get to do is we get to receive that love, and then we get to respond to that love. I used an analogy from my own relationship with Jill, that it was my job to initiate love to her, but then it was her job to respond to that love. And we get this amazing opportunity in church and in worship and in church life and in our devotional life and our walk with God to respond to His love. So that was the second thing. And then the third thing I believe coming out of this series is a new understanding of how we should see ourselves, how we should see ourselves because of the love of God. The truth is, I really feel like we could get into a better place with just how we see ourselves because if we truly understood how much God loves us, that would change the way we look at ourselves. It would change the thing is deception. It would change the way we see ourselves. And then the final thing is to understand the, the expressions of love and the way we can love the people around us. And I enjoyed speaking about the, the love languages and heaven's love language, which is dying to self. But if you're looking for a title for today's message, the final part of this series is this, love for another. See in here, 1 John chapter 3, he makes it clear we've got to love other people, that there is so much love to go around, so much love that we need to love the world around us as well. One of the key takeaways as well from the series is, I believe, real truth, and you should write it down if you haven't already, but it's this. You cannot show God's love unless you know God's love. You cannot truly show God's love unless you know it for yourself, unless you've experienced it for yourself, unless you've truly digested what it means to experience God's love. And from that place, we can go out and we can show God's love. But God impresses upon us through His Word that we need to love the people around us. We need to be on the lookout for people in our world to actually love as well. And it sounds like a great idea. I mean, people like it. Compassion, I believe, is something that God put in us. But you know, it's actually something that God commands us to do. He actually commands us to do. He's instructional about it. In His Word, compassion is great. Compassion comes from the inside of us. When we see someone in need or we see someone who needs help, we feel compassion towards them. Jesus modeled that Himself. But I believe it goes deeper than just feelings. God is instructional about showing love to the world around us. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 10.
But this is way back when, when God is delivering the law to Moses. When God is setting up the infrastructure and he's setting up the, the parameters for his people. See, the thing about Israel is Israel did not elect God. God elected Israel. And see, what he does here is he sets up the parameters and he gives us today a glimpse into the character and the fiber of who God is. So in uh, Deuteronomy 10, verse 12, it says this, And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord with the, the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes, the Lord, which I am commanding to you today for your good. Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth with all is in it. Yet the Lord set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them, you above all peoples, as you are this day. Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no longer stubborn. And listen to this in verse 17. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. Verse 18. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow, and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Love the sojourner, therefore, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. And he goes on a little bit further, even in, in uh, chapter 15. He's speaking about the year of release, the seventh year, which is obviously the sabbatical year. Seven is an important number in biblical history. But he's talking about the release of debt in the seventh year and letting people go, letting debt be released. And he says this in verse, in verse 9, Take care lest there be an unworthy thought in your heart and you say, The seventh year, the year of release, is near. And your eye look grudgingly on your poor brother and you give him nothing. And he cried to the Lord against you and you be guilty of sin. For you shall give to him freely. And your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him, because for this, is, for this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work that you undertake. Verse 11, for there will never cease to be poor in your land. Therefore, I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy, and to the poor in your land. First thought for us this morning is this. God wants us to love others. God wants us to love others. Why? Because God loves all people. He loves all people, and He wants everyone to come into contact with His love. The reason I read, from, I read from Deuteronomy chapter 10 this morning is because I want us to understand that looking after the people in our world, looking after the people that God has put around us, and even the people that are far from us, God makes a provision in His own law to His own people in the Old Testament times to make sure that they would take care of them. And so how can we now in New Testament times with grace and with love and with everything that's been lavished on us because of Jesus not love the people around us? It's the nature and the character of our God. He makes a provision in His law for His elected people to take care of foreigners, to take care of the fatherless, to take care of the widows, to take care of the people just passing through. And we need to today take care of people in our world as well. God wants us to love others. We're like his special agents of love in the world. We're like his special agents of love. I wonder if you walk around and you're just kind of like, man, I just want to show, show, show God's love today. I just would love to just 
distribute God's love today. We're his distribution channel of love in the world. I'd love it if you could write this down. God wants to love the world through me. God wants to love the world through us. When we read in 1 John, he says that this is the key mark of a true believer. It's pretty confronting. That's the key mark of a true believer. If you don't abide in love, you can't know God. And if you don't show love to other people, how can you be in love with God? It's the mark of a true believer. It's not the mark of a true believer to have a nice personality, although it's great if you do. Or to have this full put-together life, even a God-honoring life. It's not top of the list for God. It's loving other people. So point number one was God wants us to love others. Point number two, we should take it seriously. Why? Because God does. He takes it seriously. Loving other people is something that God takes seriously. Really seriously. He put it in his law for his elected people to make sure that if there was someone even just passing through, a foreigner, someone that wasn't from their land, wasn't from their tribe, wasn't from their people group, was different to them, take care of them, look after them, love on them. I wonder if you take it seriously to love on the people around you, to be on the lookout around you to show God's love. You know, we can pray and we can ask God to actually put those people in our lives, to put, them, to, to put those people in our path, on our everyday walk, no matter what we're doing. I love airport security, said no one ever. I can't stand airport security. I can't stand it. I get to travel a lot and it's fun, I guess. But there are moments in airport security where I wonder what I'm doing with my life. (laughs) Airport security, man, that can be tough. Airport security at Jacksonville International Airport is a dream. I love love our home airport, by the way. I love flying in and out of there. It's like 10 minutes, you're done. See you later. But some of those other demonic airports around the country, (laughs) LaGuardia, for example, (laughs) JFK, for example, Atlanta, for example... Just demonic. Just demonic. But God impressed this upon me one time. I was going through airport security at JIA. And I was going through and something had happened in the rules and the programming where basically you went from having to take off most things to basically you have to take off everything. I mean, you're pretty much going through that scanner in your underwear. Pretty much. I mean, you just, I feel violated. I mean, it's not just... It's just take everything off, go through. Something had changed and it was like, man, you, you, you have to take everything off and then you have to take everything out of your bags and I missed that memo. And so sure enough, I'm going through and you know you go through and you can just sense there's tension. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a line building up. There must have been a, you know, a cluster of flights going at the t- same time. So there's sort of a bunch of people pushing through it. I could just sense there was tension. There was tension in the room. <laughs> there was tension between the TSA agents and whatever. And so sure enough, I'm going through the scanner and basically got no clothes on and I'm just standing there in the scanner and I'm going through and I've got no shoes on and it's just, it's miserable. And I'm going through and I noticed that there's a lady in the back and 
she's kind of the one that has to do the worst job of, of all. She's the one who has to hold up the bag. You know what I'm talking about? Hold up the bag and say, whose bag is this? Whose is it? And then you have to own up. You feel like you're back in ninth grade. You have to own up. Yeah, that's my bag. Sorry. You know, I left a bottle of water in there or something like that. So she takes me back and I could just, she, 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 was, she was an older lady, I think, you know, maybe 50, 60 years old. And she's just having a bad day. I'm <laughs> sorry. We can, we'll edit that out of the podcast. She was a beautiful lady. She was extremely nice. But I could tell she was having a bad day. And I get up to that point and she's starting to go through my bag and she's, you could just tell she was just having a, she didn't even look at me she was having such a bad day. And I could tell there was stuff happening and people were sort of yelling at each other and it was just bad. And I just stopped and I felt like God said, this is your opportunity. This is your chance to distribute some of my love, to be a channel, to be a vessel of my love to this person. And so when we were done and she told me that there were these new things that were happening, a new process they went through, and basically we had to go this extra step and, you know, security's kind of getting crazy, but they need to take this extra next step and you've got to take all the stuff out now. And I said, okay. So she put my bag back together and as she was about to give me my bag, I stopped her and I said, hey. I just want you to know, I'm really grateful for you. I'm really grateful for you because you keep us safe. I'm really grateful for you because you take the time to make sure that we're safe. And that matters to me. And I just want you to know that I'm grateful for you. And tears start to roll down her face. And she says, can I give you a hug? And I said, yeah, come and give me a hug. (laughs) And we just had an awesome, I just gave her a hug and I just told her, you know, God loves you. You're amazing. And it was really, really cool, but it was my opportunity to show God's love. I've got to keep going. <laughs> Point number one, God wants us to love others. Point number two, we've got to take it seriously. We can be his distribution channel. Because he is serious about it. He handed it down to Moses. He continued handing that down, that, that instruction down through Jesus. Everywhere Jesus went, it was just this story of God's love. The woman at the well, when he's talking about the, the, the generosity on the road to Samaria, taking care of someone that you don't even know, that doesn't even look like you, doesn't even speak your language, is completely different from you. Show them love. In Psalm 15, it's an amazing psalm. It says this, verse 1, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? And it's amazing because that's a critical question. Who's worthy? It says in Psalm 15. And it goes through the psalm in verse 2, those whose walk is blameless. Verse 3, whose tongue utters no slander. Verse 4, who despises a vile person but honors the fear of the Lord. But verse 5, it says this. He who lends money to the poor without interest. And who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. Proverbs 19 and verse 17. Whoever whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord. And he will repay him for his deed. Point number three is this. We can't do everything, but we must do something. John commanded it and he said this in verse 17. But if anyone has the world's good 
and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? 18, verse 18, little children, let us not love in word or in talk, but in deed and truth. There's a point at which we've got to say to ourselves, you know, it's not just about words anymore. It's not just about what I think anymore, even though I think good intentions are great. But there's a point at which we need to do something about it. We need to take the next step. And I'm excited today because we're going to actually take that next step. I want to invite someone up from our church who some of you may know, but this couple are just amazing in our church. And um, they actually live a life of this. They're at the soup kitchens. They're mentoring people. They're doing some amazing things. And so I just want to invite Rich Detra to come up. Can we give it up for Rich as he comes? Come over here, Rich. Come sit with me, Rich. Rich is an awesome man of God, married to Diane, who's down here, and I couldn't get Diane to come up, but I got Rich to come up, and I'm excited today because we're going to talk about this a little bit further. Today is actually a really special day in the life of our church. We're going to take this a little bit, little, little bit further, and about six months ago, we, uh, an amazing guy reached out to us from Compassion International. Compassion International is this amazing worldwide ministry now that focuses on children, child sponsorship. If you don't know, that's what they do. And they reached out to us and they said, hey, you guys have shown up on a list of new churches that are starting in America, new churches that are beginning in this country. And I don't know if it was because of our background, some of the churches we've been a part of before or some connections. I actually have no idea. And really, I don't really care because I know God's doing something. And they reached out to us and they said, we would like to know if you would want to become a partner church with Compassion. And I don't even know if that's an easy thing to do or a hard thing to do, but they've invited us to become a partner church. So as of today, we will be a partner church of Compassion, which is awesome. And, you know, they, they, they shared with us the work of Compassion. And, you know, I'm not a stranger to it. Through Hillsong Church, I've sponsored children. Jill and I have sponsored children together in Australia before we moved to the US. We sponsored, um, I think, at one point, three children. Um, When I was 19, I sponsored a child from Bolivia, and um, I actually sponsored them while I was single, and it just changed my life. And I've seen the work of compassion through a different church, and I'm excited that we're introducing it into our church today. But I thought there'd be nothing better than to actually hear from someone in our own church that's had experience with compassion. So I was keen to get Rich just to talk a little bit about it. Rich, can you just tell us your experience, how long you and Diane have been doing it? Um, that would be awesome. Uh, Diane and I have been uh, doing Compassion for two children uh, for about 25 years. So oh, wow. we've seen... 25 years. We've seen at least two or three actually age out or graduate. And it's really... It's really something to get involved with and hear their stories and uh, give them a, a gift at Christmas and see what they do with it. And I brought some of the pictures of uh, children that have gotten our Christmas gift, which they limit you to $25 per child. So I think we've got the, the pictures up. So this is, you've got two right now. Right now we've got two new ones because we just had two that aged out or graduated. And we've got two, um, Musa from... Tanzania, he's 10, which 
a, a great thing is my 10-year-old grandson, Titus, has written to him. So, and that's Ed, Edelena from Dominican Republic. She's seven. A uh, little harder to write to a seven-year-old, but I'll have Pearl write to her eventually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but awesome. it, it's really cute to see them as they first start out with five-sentence letters saying, God bless you, thank you for sponsoring me, and, and that kind of thing to uh, our last kids uh, as they grew up, as they got older, and they would write and say, uh, I'm praying for Otis because uh, uh, for his kidney and, and things like that, that we would tell them about our prayer needs, and they would tell wow. us, our, our family is praying for you. That's so and great. They would ask questions like, what, what crops are you raising this year? What did you say? What crops are you raising? I'd say we're the receivers of crops, <laughs> and, and we cook the crops and serve them to other people. Oh, Which, I own a restaurant. It's, it's not untrue that we do that. <laughs> can, I, can I just ask you, um, you shared a story just with us recently about um, one of, the, one of the, the children graduating and the tools. Could you tell that story? Um, my friend Larry and I back in the 90s, and Larry w was... Uh, he had liver cancer, was incurable, and we used to go pray with him every day, and we both uh, adopted children through compassion. And when Larry's child was uh, graduating, he said, uh, oh, he's going to be a, uh, I think it was a blacksmith or something, and, and uh, they said he was going to have to work for five years for, to get his tools. And my child was a... I think one of mine actually was a blacksmith and another one was an auto mechanic, but uh, they said he also was going to have to work for five years to get his tools. Five, so five it, whole years and then This they was the after tools. they graduated and after they got out of compassion. So this was your last opportunity to, to bless them. And they weren't asking for any. They were just telling you, you're not going to connect with them again. So Larry said, I'm going to find out what it costs to, to buy the tools. So I said, I'll do the same thing. Uh, luckily for me, Larry's was $1,800. <laughs> My, mine was $300. Which, and so I sent $300 to Compassion, and I said, buy, buy the uh, auto mechanics tools that he needs so he doesn't have to work for five years. Wow. And, you, and they wrote back and said, that we would do that, but you'll never hear from your child again and, because they have no way of keeping in contact once they're out of the program. And, of course, he's not going to be able to look me up on the Internet or whatever. Uh, but just think, if that was your child or you, and all of a sudden you graduated, you came to know Jesus, you prayed with a sponsor, and he just paid for your college education. Wow. He just, pay, he just made a man that was going to receive a fish into a fisherman. He was going to be the breadwinner in the family because most of these kids, their, their daily duties are fetching water and fetching sticks yeah. to boil the water. Every one of the kids we've had, that's what they do on a daily basis. So, so now we're, and I, I wanted to share some of the pictures of Christmas and just show uh, Pastor what a Christmas gift looks like to a child in compassion. No Legos, no dolls, uh, a bag of maize is usually part of it, which is corn or a uh, maybe a, a cheesy shirt that had one kid had a big smiley face on it. It looked like Forrest Gump type shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and 
always stuff for the family. I've had them goats, pigs. The sad story is one time we gave a goat to a little girl and she uh, got it as a pet and was going to keep it until, you know, <laughs> she found you know, out the coat disappeared. But, you know, yeah. Somebody ate it, I think. <laughs> can, you, can you talk just about this, this experience has changed your life. You guys have been doing this for 25 years. How has it changed your life? What, 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 is, what have you noticed? Well, you really get a first-hand account of what life is really like in a third-world country and what we take for granted. I yeah. mean, I send, I like to send photographs, and I'm, I'm big on walking the beach, and sometimes I realize I'm sending a sunrise photograph to a child in, um, I think there's, what was one of the landlocked countries in, in in Africa, he probably has never seen the ocean. Wow. He doesn't even understand what we have and how blessed we are and how little it takes to actually, they, you can rock their world with Jesus, but practicality is they need to be able to go to school, see a doctor, get a warm meal, mm. all that for a, about a dollar a day. So once a month, I don't take my wife to the movies, and that's that's our. <laughs> <laughs> that's and she our does. Country. She doesn't mind one bit. She doesn't mind. So so, what would you say to someone in our church today? We're starting this new uh, part of our church. Compassion is going to be embedded into, I guess, our outreach or our missions part of our church. What would you say to someone who maybe is thinking about it? Well, I would definitely say, look at some of these children. Get a get a part and realize what a difference you can make. You don't have to really do anything, a five-sentence letter or a photograph printed from your phone, but you can change somebody's world forever. Yeah. And what I think about is I was kind of crazy when I was growing up, and, you know, there's a lot of regrets in that area, but I now I look forward to heaven, and Jesus can say, remember Musa, remember Lima, yeah. Lima, stand up. How many people did you impact in my kingdom? And Lima, yeah. Lima will stand up, and a thousand other people are liable to stand up. Wow. Because you change awesome. one life, you change a lot of lives. That's great. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. So what we're going to believe for today is that God is going to take what he says in this, and through us, he's going to see it look like this. So what we've got is we're going to start to put out some, um, some sponsorships just here on the front of the stage, but I just wanted to talk about it really quickly. This is one that Jill and I have grabbed that we're going to take today, um, which is really, really cool, little girl in Kenya. But if you feel like you want to do this, um, Compassion um, will take care of all the details. All we need to do today is you just need to come and take one of these children, basically, you take one of them, um, that is your, um, I guess, commitment when you take it, that you're going to take this home and, and um, you're going to continue the sponsorship from today. But all we do is we just ask you to fill out the form at the back. It's like a perforated thing. You tear it off. You leave it with us. We send this to Compassion. They take care of all the back end and you just get some correspondence from them. But I'm really believing that, that we're going to make a difference today. I'm really believing the world's going to change today because of us. And so in the moment, we're going to have a worship um, song. And if you feel led, if you really feel like this is for you, it doesn't cost a whole lot. I think it's um, a little over $30 a month. I think it's uh, $38 a month. You can sponsor a child. You can change the life. 
You can change generations like Rich and, and Diane have. Multiple generations because of this child sponsorship. So would you stand with me? We're going to have some leaders down the front as well on either side of the stage. And if you really feel like you want to do this, we have 50 of these child sponsorships and I'm believing in faith that all 50 are going to get sponsored. That we're not going to send any back that there aren't any going back to compassion. They're staying here with us and our church is going to sponsor all 50 of these kids in some way. And so if you feel like you want to sponsor one of these kids, what I'm going to ask you to do is just step out. When we start singing, step out, come down, look at them, take one. And if you want us to pray with you, we'll pray with you. And then you can go back to your seat and you can take care of the paperwork um, after the service is over. Sound good? Let's sing. Come on. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.life.